This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 308. And the quote of the day is from Jaylene Moreau, who said, The path isn't a straight line, it's a spiral. You continually come back to the things you thought you'd understand and see deeper truths. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. Also, want to let you know, if you haven't already, sign up for the mailing list at drummersresource.com. You will be kept in the know about all the new releases that are coming out from Drummer's Resource. I send a Nick's Monday mix out on Monday, which is the latest podcast, as well as like a bunch of other links of things that I'm watching, some music to check out, and just other things that I think that you'll really dig. And then on Friday, I send out a That's a Rap email, so it summarizes all all the stuff that was released that week. Also, you'll get a copy of my ebook, Stick Control Variations. It's 11 creative exercises. Help you with your speed, your independence, your chops, all that fun stuff. And that is 100% free. Just head over to drummersresource.com and sign up for the mailing list. Also, quickly, before we get into it, I want to let you know that you can go to casiomusic.com and you can save 25% over any order over $149, 25%. That is no small gesture from Casio Music. And they've been in business for over 70 years. Why? Because they get great instruments into your hands at the right price. They always want to make sure that they're getting you the right instrument. And the fact that they've been in business for 70 years proves that they do just that. And again, you can save 25% on any order over 149 bucks. Just go to casiomusic.com, C-A-S-C-I-O, music.com and use the promo code POD25. That's POD25 and save yourself 25%. Now let's get into this conversation today. This is with Andy Zildjian and Andy Zildjian is the president and CEO of Sabian Symbols. And this conversation is really interesting. We talk about the history of Zildjian. We talk about the history of Sabian, uh, why a guy named Andy Zildjian runs Sabian, uh, quite the interesting story between the two families. And then just the the overall history behind symbol making and what makes a symbol sound different and all the different approaches. So this is really to help you find a better symbol and just to give you a lot more knowledge about how symbols are made and sort of what goes into creating a symbol and just some insights from Andy about the business and the way that they run Sabian and some great things. So we don't sit around and talk about products and and all that. This is really a conversation with Andy about the company, about him personally, about his whole desire to understand the entire symbol making process uh, from top to bottom. So just a really insightful conversation. I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get into it with the one and only Andy Zildjian. Andy Zildjian, how are you, sir? Thank you so much for doing this. Hey, no problem, Nick. Thank you very much for having me on. Sure. Uh, I, let's get the obvious out of the way first. <laughs> Your last yep. name, Zildjian, you run Sabian. What's the story? Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, the story's pretty simple. I mean, um, back in 1623, everybody knows about the, the beginning of the, of the Zildjian family in the industry. And um, it had been that the oldest male heir was the one who ran the company. Um, when my dad and my uncle uh, were running the company along with my grandfather, 
uh, it was never really clear as to who was going to be <laughs> the next person in charge. But really what it came down to was it was that they, as is typical with our Middle Eastern, Armenian, Greek, Italian, keep going families. Yeah. Um, <laughs> would love to have arguments with each other. Right. And, and I mean, we had, we had people who were secretaries who on their first day thought, Oh my God, they're going to kill each other. And they're never going to go into business. So what did I do by joining this place? And, um, you know, the argue and argue and then rant and run off and not run off, but stomp off to their offices. Half an hour later, I'll get together and say, okay, so where are we going for lunch? Right. So, you know, it w- it was a typical family thing that in that aspect, except that when it came to a point that they couldn't really decide which way to go, my grandfather was always the, um, he was always the referee because he was, he was the father mm-hmm. when he passed away in 79, we no longer had that, um, that luxury of having a referee. And so the arguments never really ended. And a lot of the arguments were based on why we were in, in business, how we were manufacturing symbols, why we did different processes and stuff. Um, and it finally culminated in 81 with my dad and my uncle saying, that's it. We are not working together. We'll take two different companies. And my uncle had the, the original family company. My dad, luckily enough, we had a second factory up in Canada, um, had a, uh, an agreement with his father that he could buy it for $100,000 and did. Hmm. And so there we were with our, our own new company starting up. And, uh, and the neat part was that... Um, you know, Z Company at that point was trying new methods of manufacturing. What I I wouldn't quite call them CAD CAM, you know, not, not computer assisted design and, right. and manufacturing, but they were along those lines. Whereas we were still um, using the hand handmade method, which we are still using today. And the the cool part about it was we were known as the innovative company, but we're using the old methods of manufacturing. Whereas Z Company is always known as, as the, um, the traditional company, and mm-hmm. yet they're manufacturing in ways that are completely different from anything that had ever been done before. Right, right. right. The interesting thing is that I can, I can relate in terms of – so my, I've been in the restaurant business my entire life, or my family has since 74, five different restaurants. Yeah. Uh, my dad and my uncle ran these restaurants, and it got to the point <laughs> where they couldn't do it. They – they couldn't do it anymore, and they split up. And this just happened, 2000, uh, 2011. So, oh, yeah. So I, it's I difficult. Though, I get it. it. I get it. Yeah. yeah, because there's, you know, there's sort of, I, and I don't know if you felt this or not, but for me, I always felt like the problem was between my dad and my uncle, and I have cousins and everything that I said, well, I'm not, I'm not mad at them. I don't, yeah. I don't have any have any ill will towards you guys, but there's sort of, you know, it's it's an it's an Italian family, so you have to change, you have to choose sides. So what's <laughs> well, you know it, what side do you want to be on? <laughs> you're right. You, it, there is that that. What do you mean? If you're not with me, you're against me. But at the same time, I just kept looking at at my dad and saying, "Hey, I, they're 16 years older than me. <laughs> I don't even know them." So right. I can't be mad at them. Sure. I mean, that, to me, actually, that was a luxury that I had. They were all too old for me to get angry with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, I mean, do you, what is your relationship with, with the guys at Zildjian? Well, that's it. I mean, I, you know, they're friendly. We're, we're competitors. Right. Um, but I really never held any animosity just because of that. They were, they were so much older than I was that I never had any recollection or, or, or built up anger. Right. So, you know, for me, it was just, yeah, we, we moved on. We're doing our own thing. And actually, I'm happier this way because I think we get to manu- you know, make cymbals, musical instruments, by hand the old way and not encumbered by, by um, 
you know, well, I'll just end it there. <laughs> We're not encumbered by a name. We we have the we have the the luxury of being able to uh, um, to experiment without having to be concerned with with a legacy. Right. I mean, and it's a three hundred plus year legacy that you don't have to. There's I'm, I'm, there's a good and a bad that I would guess comes with that. So being able right. to say, hey, we're you know we're let's call it a new company. I mean, you guys started in '81, but you know, okay, we're a quote unquote new company. We can we can do things a little bit differently, and we're not going to uh, you know shake the tree, so to speak. Right. We, we don't way. have to be worried about about that that legacy. At the same time, um, we are concerned with with the 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 style of, you know, the, the art form, the mm -hmm. legacy of the art form. Mm -hmm. um, so that makes it easier because we can, we can not have to be thinking about, about the name. It's who cares. It's right. what are we, what are we making? How are we doing it? What right. is the end result? Mm -hmm. Interesting tidbit. You're, you are the AN of Sabian, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I like to say on the ass end. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. So the I know. <laughs> so uh, for the listeners who don't know, uh, Sabian is what it's you and two siblings, right? There's a Sally, the S A, that's my sister, of course. Play B I, and then A N Andy. Cool. And that that was, I mean, you know, when when we started the company, or back in '78 when it was, or I'm sorry, not '78, back in '81 when we were really serious about we were going to start a new company, but what do we call it? The um, the thoughts were things like symbols by Bob, bad plan, right? <laughs> um, Canadian symbol company, uninspiring, right? And um, my mom was driving with my dad, and they were talking about what they call, and she said, "Why don't we just name it after the kids?" And he said, "What are you talking about?" And she came up with Sabian, S-A-B-I-N. He said, oh, geez, Willie, that's a great idea. <laughs> and the rest is history. So it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And now it's a, now it's a staple. So the, I, I remember watching an interview with you and you were saying that you didn't want to be a victim of, or you didn't want to play in the nepotism game. You didn't want to become, oh. you know, the CEO of the company having not paid your dues and earned your keep and not, and, and not understanding the ins and outs of the business. Um, so, and you became CEO when in 2006? Six. That's, that's correct. Yep. 2006. So what was the, what was the learning process up through there? Were you, <laughs> were you saying, did you, did you know that you were going to be the CEO at some point? So you said, I need to, I need to learn all this stuff or was it just a matter of, of just going through the ranks in a natural progression? Well, actually, um, when I first started, when I first started doing, uh, um, in any part of the industry, I was working at a, uh, a retail store mm -hmm. and I was actually doing that for a friend. He was headed off to get an MBA and he said, that, you know, like the, the owner needs somebody to run this place for a while. And I said, you know what? I got this time off. I'm going to do this for you. And so I hopped in and I was helping out for about eight months running uh, the drum department in a retail store in Worcester, Massachusetts. A lot of fun. Retail is different. You get to meet a lot of odd people that you'd never meet anywhere else. I think everyone and, um, should have to work retail for at least two years. Oh, man. Once you've been in there and you hear some of these guys saying, look, my, my, my customer wanted this and they wanted that, you know that the guy's not, they're not just saying this. That, that's what <laughs> right. the consumer, that's what the customer is asking for. Right. And, and it doesn't really matter what the guy at the store wants. It's what the consumer wants. So you really, you do get a good um, view as to what their perspective really is and what their issues are. And it's important. I think it's very important to that. Um, let's see. I did that. And then um, 
And then I started thinking that I really did want to be in the in the industry because it was fun what I'd done there. Right. And um, was there, to was that, there I was pressure to, a, to stay in it? Did you did you sort of you know I don't know no. if I want to make symbols for the rest of my life. No, no. At that point, um, you know, my folks were saying, "If you want to be in the business, great. If you don't, that's fine too." Mm-hmm. And um, you know, which I think was very smart because they weren't forcing anything on anybody. Right. And um, and so anyway, I. Uh, I did a stint in the army, and then from there I, I started working up here at the at the factory, and learning all the different processes that go into manufacturing. And while I was up here, I really did start to fall in love with this because it, it's an art. There's no question. If you're going to do it correctly, it's an art. I mean, you can have things manufactured for you overseas and bring them in, and they can be yeah, they're nice. But unless you actually touch it, feel it, know how to do it, it it's a completely different. Um, uh, uh, a feeling mm-hmm. that you get from from holding this instrument and playing it, knowing exactly what into it, and you really, I, you know, corny as it may sound, I really do love symbols. They, they, the the energy that comes from them, the the soul that you get out of each one is awesome. And you only get that by working in the company, yeah, and um and by by actually doing the functions. I mean, I'd I'd seen. People from family businesses come in and, and say, you know, I'm going to be the vice president. And, and the question is, great, what are you going to do? Well, of course, 90% of them are going to be artist relations because the artists all love these guys. Why not? You know, yeah, it's yeah. candy time. And so uh, they get in, they have no idea what they're doing. And then they say they want to be president and still no idea as to what the people on the shop floor are going through, what the, con- um, what the retailer is going through, what the consumer is going through. No, no idea as to what it means to be on the other end of different situations of this, this equation. And um, in doing so, make really bad decisions. And I can only think of one family business that has that issue going on right now that is still in business, and they're lucky. Yeah, <laughs> they're very. Yeah, well, they're thir- very. Lucky. What is it? I think thirty percent of the of the second generation companies make it. That's it. Seventy yeah, percent of them fail. Well, we always said that there was the uh, short, shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations, which uh, you may have heard that, where the, the first person who starts off is the entrepreneur, and they're the ones who are are actually out there, you know, hammering an anvil and making a product and, and an instrument and and sleeves rolled up and doing it. Right. And then the next generation refines it and turns it into a larger business. Mm-hmm. And then the next generation comes in and says, do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a kiss of death right there. And then it's done. Yeah, I think <laughs> oh, there's... Yeah, definitely. I think there's... Uh, I've read this statistic before because I'm interested in it because of, of you know, obviously my family's business that 30 per, or let's say 70% fail in the second generation and the third generation... I forget it's a, I mean, obviously a lower percentage and I think 3% make it in, into the fourth generation, which is an amazing statistic. Wow. That's, that's terrible. And I, I, and I think a lot of it is that nepotism and it's, you know, it, it, I, I believe in meritocracy. So if you, I think you deserve Absolutely. to be in the position that you deserve to be in. I couldn't agree with you more. So, couldn't agree with you more. If it's, if you, if you are, who cares what, what your background is as long as you are are good at what you do you do it with passion and you are kind and and uh, observant go ahead mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rock on yeah no i agree people used to say so, all the time anyway, oh, I, oh I, you work for your dad that must be that must be so easy i said are you kidding me he's he's harder on me than he is on anyone oh, 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 oh. oh man 
We used to laugh and, and just say, you know, like, we're related to Bob, which means we must be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the way it went. <laughs> ah, come here, you idiot. Okay. <laughs> I get but, it. Uh, yeah. So I, I worked my way up through through manufacturing. And then I did something that, that a lot of people don't do either. Is We had a, um, a distributor at that point, HSS. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were located down in Richmond, Virginia. And they had a, a salesman who was doing well in most of his territories except for two states. And so I said, look, why don't I take on those two states? I'll work for, for HSS and, um, you know, I'll do that for, for as long as it takes to get these things, these territories fixed. So I moved down, well, I got married and then moved down to Virginia. And, um, and I was a road rep for um, almost three years and did Virginia, West Virginia, and then got those things squared away. And they said, look, we got another problem. And it was, it was um, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Arkansas. So I had the four poorest states in the nation. Jeez. And Virginia. <laughs> I know. So it was kind of like, yeah, give it to the kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> figure it out. What you got to do, say no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, and it worked my way up through that and then eventually um, applied for and got a job at the company. Um, and I was adamant about applying for it. I needed to, I didn't want to just get it. Um, really? And took over East Coast. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, really, if, if you say, look, I want to come work for the company and there's no space, then what the heck are you going to do? You're right. just going to be upsetting people. You're coming into a position that, that now you're you're just making angst and, and, um, and question people are questioning their ability to stay. And um, if there is a, a space available, which there was, I applied for it and got it. And that was um, East Coast sales and marketing. And then worked my way up through that and U.S. sales and marketing and then South and Central America, which is kind of fun. Yeah. I had a gun pulled on me in South America oh, while geez. I was in visiting a distributor. Really? That was really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I was in talking to him and we were arguing about like two or three points. And um, and he said, "Oh, you mean the distributor pulled the gun on you? The distributor, yes. Oh, this I gotta hear. This I gotta hear. (laughs) Right, right. No, that was funny. I was sitting there, and I won't tell you which country, but I was in there, was talking to him." And um, he said that he wanted to have extra discount on B8. And I said, well, I can't do that. Just do that unless you you agree to be um, importing the the AA and the HH that we've discussed because his territory was asking for it, but he didn't want to do it because he was afraid of taking that step. And so anyway, we're arguing about it and going back and forth. And then finally he opened up a drawer and he pulled out this little 38 and he put it on the desk and I looked at it and I looked back at him and I started laughing. <laughs> and, you know, that was not what he expected. Right. right? And I, I started laughing and I said, really, you and I are the only ones in your office and you have your staff downstairs. Are you really going to shoot me over a bunch of B8 points? <laughs> and he, he sort of looked at me again and he looked down at the gun and he put it back in the drawer and closed it. It's a good way of diffuse guess the situation. Imported, guess who started importing AA and HH? <laughs> <laughs> So you weren't scared at all? Oh God, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, really, what was he going? Yeah, he's do? not going to. He's not actually. Yeah, it's a, it's an intimidation tactic. Yeah, yeah, it was foolish. So now foolish. this, and yeah. if you don't want to answer this, that's fine. How? Yeah. So you work your way up, and you're technically an employee, right? Yep. Like you don't own. I mean, at the time, as you're working your way up, you don't own. You don't own the company. How does that? What does that succession plan look like? Do you have to? Do you have to buy? the do you have to buy into the company well no actually it's kind of a um the way the way that rz set it up was was pretty bright because he knew that he'd be taking care of the family um we each got a, a small percentage of shares mm-hmm. 
And then there's a holding company that owns a large percentage of shares. And so whoever is, is really, everybody gets to share in everything, but the, uh, the person who is really running everything. And right now that's me has the ability to make decisions without being encumbered by having to, um, having to get everybody else to, uh, to agree. Um, although I, I would say I do like to have consensus amongst the family. I don't want to be another one of the, uh, you know, the Armenian family fighting and losing members and that type of thing. We've had those issues and I right. just don't want them anymore. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Because I was thinking that as you were saying, you know, and this may be more, <laughs> now we're talking about business and less about drumming, but I just, I thought it was interesting to think, okay, if he's an employee, you know, how does that, and f thinking, okay, I want to, I want to do this the right way. How does, how does that work? Um, there was one thing that you'd mentioned that I want to ask you about, and you were, you were talking about customer feedback on the retail side of things. Yep. And now sure. with the, with the internet and, and the ubiquity of, of messaging, and, and I'm sure that you hear a lot from customers. How do you validate that information? So when, when these customers are giving you feedback, some of it is complete. I mean, I've, I've consulted for some drumming companies and I've seen some of the feedback and some of it is completely off the wall and you just sort of dismiss it but how do you how do you take that feedback and analyze it to realize okay maybe this is a valid concern or maybe this is a valid thing that we should start maybe demoing or prototyping uh versus how to you know things that are just we think are crazy and dismissive well do you remember when we did the symbol vote yes yeah, where where we had different types of symbols out to to for people to listen to, and they could vote on them and decide which ones we are actually going to bring to market. Yes, um, that that is is in a nutshell a, a perfect demonstration of the way that we do all type of research, which is uh, we want to we want to learn something, so we ask the question, and then we listen to as many answers as we possibly can, mm -hmm. and then from that you find out which ones really are um, really are what people are are saying. Or, or, right. or thinking or wanting. Um, if, you, if you took one or two instances of, of information, you'd be really it's too small a snapshot of, of what's going on. It'd be very difficult to, to find out if that's what a market is asking for. So we sure. just try to get a, a, as wide a, a consensus as we possibly can. Okay, that and makes roll from that. Is that is that really is that what you were asking? Am yes, I, because I know right? that you know some. I mean, I I hate to keep talking about the restaurant business, but I used to get it all the time. You know mm -hmm. what you guys should do? You know what you should you should do yeah. this or you should do this? And I would think, well, you can you should open up your own restaurant. You can do whatever you want, but because some of the ideas were just insane but so i'm sure that yep. you get some of those you know that oh you oh, should yeah. make this symbol that does this and you're thinking okay you and you are the only person who would use this symbol but then there has to be some ideas that come in that are that are either value or that are valid opinions or valid critiques of what's going on or, or gaps in the market ver or you know even you may say you know what we're getting a lot of guys and girls that are saying, why don't you have this or why don't you make this? Or they're asking a lot of questions about this. And I was just trying to figure out how you sort of validate what information and feedback is good and what information and feedback is just completely asinine. Yeah, really what it comes down to, again, is, is that you got to get the, the largest consensus that you possibly can. And that makes all the difference because, you know, it, I, I can't tell you how many people I've heard say, you should make this. Everybody wants it. Okay. Right. <laughs> so you and your nine friends are everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 
Yes. And, and actually, we, we will take ideas like that and bring them around and find out if there are more than just nine friends who are interested in it. Right. And if they are, then yeah, then they may have a valid idea. That so makes... we don't discard ideas offhand, but at the same time, you can't believe everything. Right. You have to validate it <laughs> one way or right. another. Back in a minute with Andy, but first, a quick word for the sponsors. Has your drumming hit the ceiling? Well, the cure for stale drumming is to receive expert critique and advice from stellar faculty. And you can do that by attending the drum program at Musicians Institute. While most schools have smaller staffs and instructors, MI boasts over 20 working LA drummers, including Gordon Campbell, Kenny Arnoff, Ryan Brown, Blair Sinta, Brendan Buckley, Jason Sutter. And you can study with any of these guys and you can enroll now at mi.edu. Musicians Institute, instrumental in life. You know, it's no secret that drummers can't agree on much, but they do agree on the Evans UV-1. And with its patented UV coating, it lasts longer and holds stronger than traditionally coated heads. UV-1 single ply of unique 10 millimeter film is more resistant to stretching and denting. These two features combined make it the first choice for drummers who've grown tired of heads that flake, chip, and wear out before their time. You can learn more about the Evans UV head by going to evansdrumheads.com. Now let's get back into it with Andy Zildjian. You had mentioned about uh, about the touch and the feel of symbols and the artistry that goes into them and, and really getting that across to the consumer. As things are moving more and more towards online sales, uh, you know, there's, there's no question that retail is suffering. Uh, how do you, how do you, what's the plan for the future of getting symbols in the hands of drummers without them having to go to a retail store? Do you guys think about that, those kinds of things? And is there, is there a way to do that? Because symbols are a thing that you want to touch. You want to feel, you want to hear them, you want to play them. And I agree. I find it harder and harder to, you know, to find a symbol now because there's not a lot of retail stores or not as many as there were. Let me, let me clarify that. Um, no, no, I, I agree. And it's, and it's a difficult thing. I mean, even tried um, just, just this last year, I tried to, to help uh, some of the, um, uh, the more interested retailers, mm-hmm. uh, drum set retailers and drum retailers, cymbal sales specifically, by setting up a thing called the hand select program where we could only get it at these stores, the places where the people actually really cared about cymbals, like to talk about cymbals, would, would have insights into cymbals and, and had different selections so that it was, you know, it was a cool place. It was a hang. Um, and it did okay, but, um, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of hurting. Yeah. And so, um, it, it did okay, but I'm, th- I'm thinking that we may actually have to open it up a little bit more um, because the symbols were very cool. You know, it was, it was the part of that Crescent. Um, mm-hmm. the, we were making symbols for Crescent. They had bad financial difficulties and they were going out of business, so we just sort of took them over. Right. Um, and and um, So were you making those, the symbols from the, from the jump or were they making them in Turkey to begin with and then started? Oh, no, no, no. They, they started off, actually, it started off as Bosphorus. But well, they, I remember the guy that. Who yeah. Was in, yeah. And the guy who was, was doing it in the States was having real difficulties working with them, which is, I mean, you know, it's a third world country. Right. You're going to have those issues. Right. And, so you're um, saying Michael had, had the issue with them? You know Michael, yes. Michael yeah, Bosman. Michael yeah, was having yeah. issues. Yep. Yeah, he was having issues. I mean, you know, you, it's hard to get 
product. It's hard to get good product. It's hard to get consistent. It's hard to get a real business acumen out of these folks. And it was just tough. And, um, so I, I knew he was going to have those issues. So I called him up and said, look, if you're interested, I can make stuff for you. Mm-hmm. And you know that we can do it every bit as well. And even better because not only be consistent, but if you're working with a, with a, a group of people who will actually, you know, understand what being in business is all about. And so, um, yeah, he, he started working with us, but he had been so far behind the eight ball that it was just, it was just too difficult. He, uh, he couldn't get out from behind there. So we, we, we agreed. We took over the, uh, the, the, um, crescent name mm-hmm. and um and ever since then we've been working with him uh just because i like michael and, and want to keep him involved and um and of course jeff hamilton and and uh stanton moore mm-hmm. who's uh going to be part of your your podcast family yeah we hope and, so we're um, working on it oh yeah we're working on it. and daniel glass who's in there as well he's now now <laughs> he's he's an official uh an official member i pulled him in i coerced him to be a part of it yeah and uh, let's see, and, and you know a few other players, but it's it's given us the opportunity to try a few different things. Mm-hmm. One and of I, the things that he that Michael had mentioned, and we talked about it. I think it it may have been Pasic a few years ago, or or now nah, I forget where we were, but but he was saying the same thing. He said, you know, I have this new symbol company, and yeah. it's hard to get shelf space. There's less retailers, yep. but these are great yep. symbols. How do I get them into the hands of players, whether or not they buy them or not? How do how do we get them? to at least sample them and that i mean that has to be something that that you guys are thinking about maybe not today but a year two five years ten years down the road all the time all the time because retailers are our lifeline to our not lifeline they are our our communication direct to um players of course Uh, you know these are the folks who are standing there like i said when i was doing retail you're hearing all the problems Mm -hmm. and all the the needs and wants that are coming from players directly through the retailer to to us right and um you know without them i it would be awfully difficult especially with something you're introducing a new line for example and it's a and it's a hand hammered line you really want to hear it you want to feel it you want to know what it feels like right look look at the jeff hamilton line it's it's not only does it sound good but he said he was adamant about a certain feel that had to go with it with the drum or the cymbal as well Mm -hmm. and so um, if you couldn't have the chance, if you didn't have the opportunity to actually play it, you'd never know what that was, what we were talking about. And right. we could try to describe it, but it's not the same thing as having that real feel. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I love retailers and I really hope that they can do well because the ones who really care, the ones who take the time to learn about, uh, instruments and, and what, what's new and, and why it sounds like it does and like to take the time to talk about it, man, they are they are the backbone. They're the best. 100%. <laughs> Love those. And let me ask you this. I would imagine this has to be a double-edged sword for you. On one end, you're saying, you know, retails, retail is our our lifeline. I mean, it really is. I mean, that's that you sell your symbols through there. It's your it's your your boots on the ground talking to the consumer. But at the same time, you have your business that you need to run. So there's a, I'm guessing there has to be this ebb and flow of saying, well, if we're a hundred percent relying on retail and they're starting to go by the wayside. We have to come up with other ways to sell symbols, maybe direct to consumer or whatever it may be. But at the same time, you don't want to upset the retailers because they've been the people who have been standing by you for, you know, years and years. How that's a, that's a tough line to walk. Well, to, to me, it's, it's that old adage. You, you plan for the worst and hope for the best. Right. Right. So yeah, we, we do have, 
we, we haven't gone very far into it because so far we, we, retail has still been healthy enough that we don't have to. Mm-hmm. But we always talk about what will it mean if X happens? What would we have to do if, if you know, Y happens? And um, you, you always have to at least have contingency plans available. Mm-hmm. But I really would hate to, I'd hate to activate them. Right. You know, the, the thing that, 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 uh, that would bother me the most is if somebody like, say, an Amazon, right, came in and, and started really selling well and mm-hmm. hurt the retailers so much that, that we really just didn't have retail. We didn't have brick and mortar. I doubt that'll happen just because right. it, is an important, it is important for people to be picking symbols by playing them and feeling them. Mm-hmm. And retailers are smarter than, than, than a lot of people will give them credit for. Right. But, um, um, but if that did happen, what would we do? Mm-hmm. If it came down to, to, if it's just, if it's just Amazon out there, then I just, I don't see any point in using them mm-hmm. for anything more than marketing the brand and doing our sales ourselves. And I would hate to do that. I guess the, the good news is not that I would ever want this to happen because I believe in mom and pop shops is that, okay, say tomorrow retail was completely gone. People still need to buy symbols. So there has, there's still, it's not like the, the drumming market is, would collapse. It would just be the retail. And it's like, okay, well, people still need to buy Sabian. So let's figure out a, a way to get these to the consumer. So it's just an interesting thing that I've, that I've, I think about a lot. And when I visit drum shops, I get a lot of emails about it as well, about, you know, not being able to find symbols or there's not retail in their area or, or things like that. So it's just an, it's an interesting time that we're living in for sure. But then you think about it, you get these folks who are really doing well online, which seems to be, you know, the, the, the direction that a lot of people are going. Somebody like, like Jim Pettit at Memphis, right? Mm-hmm. Not only do you, do you get to see the symbol, but you get to hear it, and you can actually select that one specific symbol Yep. that, that, that you know, to, to, to get. And man, that, that's brilliant. Why yeah. are more people doing this? Yeah. I know it takes effort, and actually it takes time and money too, but if you're going to win, win a race... You know, you gotta you gotta work hard. One hundred percent. Let's yeah. let's talk a little bit about symbol selection. Um, sure. So if you know, you, there there's so many different options now. Not only brands, but even within the Sabian line, where where do you suggest that people start with this? Because <laughs> it's easy it's easy for me because I know what I, you know. I've been playing drums for. Uh, 30 years, you know, so, or wait a minute, let me not date myself here. 20, 25 years. <laughs> for 15 years. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've been playing for seven years now. I started when I was 15. Um, so, but, so I know what I want. I, I know what I'm looking for. I know that the sound that I'm looking for, but a, a lot of people don't. So they just go online. They see what they see online. They see what other people are playing. They see what the pros are, set, are playing and they say, well, that's the right symbol for me which may sure. not be the right symbol for you. So what, what do you, what do you suggest for people to do to try to start figuring that out? Yeah. Good question. Because everybody's going to be individual in the way they do it. Um, it <laughs> kick me for when I say this, but um, to, if you really want to start out to figure out what type of, of, um, of symbol that you want to have, um, find out who's playing it. Yeah. You know, f- find out what your, what your favorite, you know, you get, you have a favorite drummer, you like their sound. Or even if it's not your favorite drummer, but you like that drummer sound, find mm-hmm. that sound, find out what they're using, and then start investigating. Online is great because you can learn a lot about what the you know what each symbol is and what it does, why it's that type of instrument or not, and then you gotta go play it. Yeah, <laughs> I yep. mean, really, mm-hmm. you gotta go play it. But uh, then I I do like the the 
the web for that is that people can really get some deep um, information about the hows and whys and, and that type of thing. You know, it may not make enough difference to them as to why they would like that sound or, or if that's going to be right for them, but at least they'll have an understanding as to why a symbol sounds like it does and, and is this an application that I can use? And if not, three or four different options that are very near that that might work better for you. What's the difference between a $450 ride symbol and a $150 ride symbol? $350. <laughs> That was easy. Next, no, no, next no, really. question. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad at arithmetic. Oh, you mean as far as sound is concerned? <laughs> well, maybe you know sound or what? Wh why am I? Why do I have to spend that much money? Um, well, actually, you know what? That that is a good answer because I mean, good question because people will will come out. We do this thing called the we had the vault tour and now it's called Meet the Master. We'll we'll come out and we'll we'll um we'll we'll bring the factory basically out to the stores, right? So we bring about fifty different types of prototypes. We bring a person who's hand hammering and somebody who's lathing. And th now this is all we're talking about is hammering and lathing, right? People come out and see that and go, oh "My God, I had no idea you put this much effort into making a symbol. I didn't know." that it took this much work. Just wait until they come to the factory. Right. They come to the factory and they see, they see the, the ovens rolling, the guys moving the symbols from casting form all the way to finished roll. Um, and then from there they go through tempering, cup, you know, cupping, tempering, um, all of the hammering that goes into it. It's, it blows people's minds, the effort that goes into each different symbol that's made. And when you find something like, say, an AAX as compared to an AA, an AA is it, it, it takes plenty of effort. AAX takes about 10% more, but the price is not that much different. Hmm. Um, and HH takes a lot more effort than an HHX. The price is not that much different. So what we're trying to do is, is spread the, the, the costs, the manufacturing costs out amongst all of the products so that we can keep some of the really expensive ones not that high. Um, so it's a matter it, of know, labor that's going into it. Oh, God, yes. And I'm guessing it's a matter of the the components that are, I mean, the alloys that are that are included, right? Well, easily 30% of, of, a, of a cast symbol is the expense of the raw material. And the rest of it is all up to, um, all goes down to, to um, labor because it's a crafted instrument. It's made by hand. These are, are people who have learned their craft over years. And it's, it's, it's labor. Mm -hmm. You have to work at doing it. Um, whereas, like, for example, a B8 or a B8X or, or um, B8 Pro, something like that, about 70% of that cost right off the top is the, um, is the raw material because we don't have to do that much to the raw material to make it sound the way it does. It's definitely not the same as a, a cast symbol, a B20. It's not going to sound that good. You can't get... A, a B8, which has a, a, a grain built into it to vibrate nearly as freely and give you that full rich tone that you can with a cast symbol because the cast symbol has no, um, no grain. It's, it's been really rolled out of it. Um, and so the whole symbol can vibrate correctly. If you do, now here's the other thing, if you do the family process correctly, now, there are companies who do about 70 to 75% of the family process, which means they are um, melting the copper and tin together and pouring it in a process that will make sure that when they roll it, they don't die. I'll get into that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what they're not doing is they're not getting the full sound and the full um, vibrancy of the, uh, of the, the B20 um, 
symbol, the cast symbol. Because if you don't do it correctly, you don't get that whole symbol giving you its character. You get most of it, but there are parts that just can't vibrate on the same um, as freely as they can if you use the family process. Now then, what I mean by you won't die, <laughs> uh, when, we, when we pour castings, we pour them out into forms and then we, we uh, let them cool. Mm-hmm. And then we put them into the ovens where we heat them up to about 1600 degrees at, at that temperature. You know, they're, they're not quite molten, but they're, they're orange and they're, they're heated all the way through. We have to put them through rollers and then put them back in the oven to heat up to that temperature again, and then put them through the rollers again, uh, you know, each time getting a little tighter and tighter and tighter between one roll and the next so that it, it, it brings the size from something that's say like about an inch and a half thick all the way down to that, that, um, uh, 16th of an inch type thing mm-hmm. or 32nd inch. Um, if you don't do the family process close enough, when you put it into those rollers, um, you're, you're creating pressure. You also have to put some water on those rollers so that they don't heat up and expand and they'll crack or you'll get different, um, different thicknesses of castings as you're putting them through as, mm. or blanks is what we call them at right. that point. So if you, if you have that heat and you have that compression and you have water and you haven't done the process correctly, it's going to explode. Really? And it did happen. And the story goes that there's somebody down and, you know, somebody from the factory thought they knew how to do it, left Istanbul, went down to Mexico and died. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So when you say it will explode, you really meant it will explode. It will. Yeah. It will, think about it. If you if you take steam and and uh, really because that's what you're making and compress it, it turns into um, an explosive um, yeah. reaction. Yeah. yeah. And so if you put metal in there, now you got shrapnel. Right? Oh my goodness. Right. <laughs> that's a that's a killer combination. No pun intended. Oh, yeah. So, so the difference between <laughs> so you're so the ones that you're that you're pouring and casting, they're obviously the more expensive ones versus like a B eight, which is basically essentially just a sheet. It's like sheet metal, right? Exactly. Yes, that's completely correct. And so, but lathing, do you lathe cast symbols? Always, cast symbols have to be lathed. Um, because you got tin oxide that's on the uh, on the outside of the uh, of the shape, the formed symbol. Okay. And if you leave it on there, it will restrict the sound. Now there are, you know, some people like to have a very dry symbol. It's perfect for that because you, you know you've got a symbol that's got nice vibrancy, but it it holds in all the all the um, the shimmer and stuff. So you hear mostly stick. You get a very dry tone. Mm-hmm. If you don't lay the symbol, that's what you get. But Lathing the symbol not only allows it to be more free and vibrate more freely to get that personality that you want in the symbol out, it, to be able to express its its you know its own personality, but it also uh, the tonal grooves act like amplifiers. Oh, okay, okay. Right. So, so the, you know, you think about on, on, on an AA or an HH, there's some some deeper tonal grooves, mm-hmm. and they're projecting a, a sound a, a, a more brilliant sound whereas on on say like an aax and hhx there's smaller tonal grooves but there are more of them so it's almost like having more amplifiers <laughs> you know it, it just becomes more of a, of a controlled sound coming out of it right so yes you definitely have to <laughs> you definitely have to lay a cast symbol so what's the difference between hand hammering a sim- i know the difference the process but what is what's the difference in terms of tonal quality between a hand hammered symbol and a lathe symbol oh you mean like a, 
manufactured on a lathe. I'm sorry, I thought you meant lathing because because the processes that go along with cast, making a castle, you go through the hammering process and then you have to lathe the ex, the exterior of the of the symbol. I follow. Whereas whereas what you were talking about was was forming it on a lathe. I'm sorry, I, I didn't follow that. Yeah, my mistake. No, yes. it's okay. Um, uh, Forming it on a lathe, really what you're doing is you're taking a symbol, like you said, that does have a grain in it, and it's a sheet. You put it on a, on a form and just lathe it out into that form. So you're rolling it, and uh, I can almost say rolling it. You're spinning it and, mm-hmm. and pushing it into the correct form. Right. After that, we do a few things that do mitigate some of, that, um, some of the effect of having that, that grain in there, but you can never really get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, when, you're, when you're making a B20, a cast symbol, um, that has to be the metal has to be manipulated by hand to really give you the shape that you're looking for. Right. Because all in, in essence, all we're doing is we're making a spring, but we're making a spring that makes some really excellent sounds. Um, and so on, on a, say like an AA or, or something along those lines, you, you, you end up with a, a higher bow because what you're doing is you're taking a flat symbol and, and turning it into that spring and, and pinching it or, or using a, a wider peen hammer um, to create um, that shape, that bow. So the top is loosened every time you hit and the bottom is tightened. Now in an AA, it's done in a, a very, um, a set form and it's, it's symmetrical and, um, you don't have to hit it as often to get that form. So you end up with, with, um, a symbol that has a higher pitch because you've given it more bow because you still need to put in enough hammer work on it so that the energy from the edge of the symbol can travel into the cup and back out to the, uh, to the edge in, in a uniform or at least a, a, um, a somewhat uniform way. Um, whereas like with an HH, a hand hammered one, you're doing all of those hammerings by hand and they're not uniform. They're made to set, to make the specific shape of the symbol, but it's not a set pattern. And so you can end up with, with thousands more hammer marks in that one, but you're not hitting it as hard as the AA would to make the shape. So you have more hammer marks, but a flatter symbol, deeper tone. So the spring is less strong or, or less taut. So that gives you that deeper tone. Whereas with an AH, for example, it's, it's tighter and going to give you a much higher tone. Does that work for you? That you do know your stuff about symbols. You should, you should start a symbol company. There's, I should probably, nah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say about the restaurant business. Hey, I'm thinking about going to the dump one. <laughs> uh, it's a very nice, but they has already got one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to, to be completely frank, I don't, I, I don't, I know the symbols that I like and what, what sounds I need and things like that. But like, whether it's, you know, hand hammered or if, whether it's, you know, it's dark or light or wet or this or that. I don't, I don't yeah. know the answer to that, to be honest. So, huh. I mean, I have, you know, I have all my symbols. You know I, what you like. Though. I know what I like. I do know what I like, there but you go. I, I, describing <laughs> it and, and, and being able to uh, articulately talk about it is one thing I cannot yep. do. I say, I, I like the thing over there with the, with the sound, with the thing. You know, that's about well, it. You know, you're not alone because be, being able to figure out what the vocabulary is, is one of the first things that we do with people that come up to the factory is we say, okay, this is what we're talking about when we say this. And this is what we mean when we say that. And if, if you're saying it and then demonstrating what that sound is, people pick it up right away. But unless you've had that little bit of, of, 
of, um, of, I guess you'd call it training, mm-hmm. or at least discussion, <laughs> the, the, the vocabulary can be very confusing. Yeah, and I, I think that's, that was sort of the basis of my question in the beginning, that there's, one, there's so many options of symbols, but then there's so yeah. much that you hear thrown around, laid and dark and light and thin and thick, and <laughs> and, all, and it's, it's overwhelming for, you know, obviously you're inside of it, so you know it inside and out, but... It's it, right. it gets difficult for the consumer, even as a player like myself, who I've been playing for so long, that it's 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 tough to know exactly what you're looking for, what you're buying, what you know, what uh, what terminology is is describes what you're looking for. So definitely, do you have? Do, I mean, is, really, there a, like, uh, is there is there is there? Do we uh, have a dictionary? Maybe not a dictionary, but do you guys have like a a spiel that you go through? I'm guessing at the factory and say, "Here's this, here's this, here's this," right? Well, no, not not quite like that because I mean, it, 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 people are at different levels of of um, of um, understanding what, uh, the vocabulary. So in I'm other at words, the some bottom. People really, well, <laughs> maybe not. You, you, but you you probably just don't have enough, or at least an understanding. You're probably hearing everything that we're talking about. You just haven't been trained to know that that's what you're hearing. Right. 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 Fair enough. So you know what you like. You know what you like. You hit it and you say, I like this. Mm-hmm. You don't know exactly the vocabulary for that, but you know what you like. Right. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So let's talk about a little, I, I want to be cognizant of your time. We've been on for a while here and I appreciate it. Uh, what, so I'm fine. what's the, what's the future looking like for, for Sabian? What are some new things that maybe you're exploring or, you know, I'm sure that some things you don't want to, you don't want to talk about, but, um, but are there are there different directions that you see where the industry is going that you think maybe hey we should you know we should be looking at these things or there's different different sonic things that are that are out there that are really interesting to you? Actually, the the um, sonically, um, we're always coming up with new things. So for for me to to say that this is something that that is is uh, new and interesting and the and the industry is is going this way, um, uh, <laughs> no, Mark Mark. Love, who's our, our guru, our symbol whisperer, is in touch enough with, with artists and because and, he was the, the guy, the main guy out on the Meet the Masters tour this summer and with consumers. Mm-hmm. So he was talking with consumers that uh, what he's hearing is, is um, and what he's talking about is really that's what the future of the industry, or at least sound is. Um, what I'm finding and yeah, it, it, it's kind of a, a pet peeve, but it's something that I'm, I'm trying to do something about is, you know, that, that, that there are, um, drum teachers out there and they're trying to teach, get kids interested in playing drums. And, um, the retention rate for most of these people is only 30%. And that's really, I can't say that, you know, there are some out there to have a hundred percent, but there's some that really don't have any retention. Right. So 30% is the retention rate. So I really wanted to start this thing called the Save Network, which was to help those people who are drum teachers get um, better training as to how to a run their business, because a lot of them aren't businessmen, but you know, they need to know these things, you know, how to, how to, how to run a, a small business. And then um, there's also, um, uh, pedagogy, in other words, how to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody learns differently, and you know that you can categorize about four different types of learning. But for the most part, people teach the way that they learn, and I think that's one of the main reasons why we have such a low retention. And so I was trying to to we, we are trying to um, help educators understand the different ways that people learn, so that they can 
um, teach students um, in in the way that that's going to be best for those students. Right. And so we we put together this this uh, saving educator network, which mm-hmm. is a network, a, a fraternity of of players, a community, and. Um, in this community, not only do they get help with business, they get help with, with how to teach. They get um, resources like instructional resources. Um, it could be anything from, from books and paperwork to um, actually talking with some of the best educators that are out there and, and asking them questions. Like, for example, I was talking with Dave. With Dave Weckl was up here yesterday. I was talking to him about it. And uh, he's saying that's exactly what he'd like to do, be able to talk to people who need to know how to teach different things. Right. So in other words, he would be a resource for these, these educators. They can ask him, how do you teach this? How do you do that? How can I teach my students that? And he may not be able to have all the answers, but he certainly is, is going to be able to help them out. So that, that's where I see the future is, is trying to grow the number of players and the number of players who stay with playing because, damn it, it's fun to play. Yeah. And if you're yeah. not if you're not getting that, then something is wrong. And I want to make sure that that whatever it is that's wrong, we're fixing it. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I'm not a professional, but man, I love playing drums. Right. <laughs> and and uh, Joe Bergamini and I have have talked about SEN exactly. A, a bunch Joe's of times. the guy. And yep. And, and so that everyone knows, you don't have to be a Sabian artist, or you don't have to play Sabian cymbals to be part of SEN. Correct. Correct. It's for everybody. Right. And and really, the, the the idea is is expanding people's enjoyment of music. Not it's not a brand message. It's a, a industry wide. It's a musical instrument message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's that's. So thank you for pointing that out. Of course, yeah. That's I, that's you know that's <laughs> been a lot of what I'm trying to do with drummers resources. You know, obviously yeah. get more people into drumming and and spread more information in drumming, but also sort of educate people on uh, my thing is I want to redefine what it means to be a successful drummer. So you don't have to be Dave Weckl and be on the cover of modern drummer magazine to be successful. So there are many different levels. You can be, you know, you can be Chad Smith or Dave Weckl, but you can also be, you know, Tim Jones, you and me. (laughs) Yeah. You can be Nick Ruffini who runs like, you know, a half-ass podcast and plays, you know, and, and plays when I, when I do. And, but can still, you can make a career out of it. You can have a teaching practice. You can do all the things that you want to do and you don't have to be in the biggest rock band or be on the biggest stages or be on the cover of the magazines. And all right. Yep. So I, I think that, that, that SEN ties in with that message as well of saying, listen, if you want to, if you want to make this as a career and you want to be an educator and you, you want to learn your craft of not only playing, but teaching, because I think that's a yep. craft too, and if you want to learn that, I agree. hey, SEN is here to help, and I think that's amazing. That you know, that's an excellent point. It is a craft. You're absolutely right. Yep. So an I want form. I want to uh, first of all thank you for for taking the time to chat with me. the The information that you gave was very insightful. It opened up my eyes a lot to to what goes into <laughs> it, what the difference in the pricing and 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 just. You know, just the industry as a whole. I, I I I appreciate the information. I appreciate you taking the time. I know that you're a busy guy, and uh, and I'm I sorry, that... you got the short versions too. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you got the short versions of it. Well, too. hey, anytime you want to come back and 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 do the long form, uh, you know, the marathon interview, you let me know. We can do it. 
Uh, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but I also want to I want to congratulate you not only on the the success of Sabian, but your approach to Sabian and the way that that you approach running the company of saying, no, I want to get inside. I want to I want to get in the trenches. I want to know what's going on with my employees. I want to know what's going on on you know in every step of the process with the symbols. But I'm also on the other side interested in what the consumer is interested in and how how the retailers are interacting with the consumer and all that and getting a 360 view of the business i applaud you on doing that well thank you i appreciate that at at the same time if if i wasn't then i'd all be doing it be fooling myself and sure i, I don't like to be a fool right <laughs> i uh i tend to do that naturally so uh, so uh but andy again thank you uh for for taking the time to chat it was a great pleasure and anytime you'd like to come back you are more than welcome we'd love to have you sure nick i had a good time likewise andy thanks again all right bud There you have it, the one and only Andy Zildjian. And for the links to everything that we talk about, obviously, you know you can go to drummersresource.com forward slash session 308. While you're there, sign up for the mailing list. You'll get a free copy of my ebook, Stick Control Variations. It's 11 creative exercises to help you with your chops, your speed, your independence, all that fun stuff. And you'll also get weekly emails on Monday and Friday to keep you in the know so you know about all of the new releases and the latest content coming from Drummers Resource. And that's all. I got for you today. So until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thanks so much for listening. I do appreciate it. You know that, and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.